Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW's Supergirl TV series, or in this case, CBS's Supergirl TV series, and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to go back in time. Since Morgan didn't review uh, Supergirl episodes as a full-time co-host of Supergirl Radio until the episode World's Finest, which aired in March of 2016, which is a long time ago, we are revisiting the first season to get Morgan's thoughts. This week, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 6, titled red faced uh so uh morgan this is uh an episode featuring red tornado which i i'm i'll be curious um to pick your your brain about red tornado and what you uh thought about the entry here this is really kind of uh the introduction and the end of red tornado but uh <laughs> but this will be uh something really fun to discuss so we need to go back in time all the way to 2015 and i'll see you on the other side. I don't know if you're getting queasy from all the time. Oh, we're traveling. back. Yes. <laughs> that, was quite, that was quite a trip. <laughs> that was a journey. We are back in the year of our Lord, 2015. And here is the official description of Red Faced. Quote, personal and professional stress get the better of Kara when she goes too far during a training exercise against Red Tornado, a military cyborg commissioned by Lucy Lane's father, General Sam Lane, unquote. So this is an episode all about anger and people having to deal with their anger, figuring out how to deal with their anger. Uh, so Morgan, how do you think everybody uh, did, especially Kara? What, what did you think about Kara? and her anger issues in this episode. I think she really worked through them in this one. I think she like uh, she really addressed her anger in, in a healthy way. Honestly, I think some of her anger was necessary. Uh, like uh, the way that Kat was treating her in this episode was like uncool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I really like that scene where Kat is being really nasty to her and she uh, flips out at Kat and then Kat's like, okay, well you need to get to the anger behind the anger. And she's like, no, I was, I was mad at you. Kat's like, no, no, it, no, Kira, you weren't mad at me. And she's like, I literally was mad at you. Like you were, you were not being cool. And she's like, I don't, that doesn't make sense, but it's something <laughs> deeper than that. <laughs> it's like, I, maybe it's not, though. Maybe she's just mad at you, Kat. Have you thought about how your actions could be impacting other people? Mayhaps. Uh, I thought that was 
thought that was such a good scene because I thought that they were gonna like skim right over the fact that like sometimes like when Kat's doing her girl boss thing, it's like, oh, that's quite toxic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like in this episode, we got to Car got to actually be mad at Kat for being like dismissive and a little horrible to her. And uh, and I liked the, that when Kat tried to like oh, uh, sweep it under the rug, being like, I mean, I think it's deeper. She's like, or. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it had something to do with your actions. Kat's like, that doesn't compute. It has to be <laughs> a deeper drama. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I really liked the way that this episode like dealt with Kara's emotions and her anger, which, you know, I think was pretty justified. She's going through a lot right now, but also like when she finally does a uh, spoiler alert, uh, blow up uh red tornado, um, I, I almost ca- I almost called him Red Tomato, and I was like, that's not "Right? That's a di- that's a different cyborg." <laughs> Tomatoes uh, are red, but <laughs> so is. What what red but... to- Red Tomato's power would be? Red Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> just shooting like, ketchup oh my... everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just like excellent on a BLT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when she like she kind of goes back and. Uh, really deals with some of her like foundational trauma of, of losing her parents and losing her home uh, and, and how she feels even, even though she's got a, you know, a lot of friends and she's got a, a job that is honestly very medium to her uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and a family here, she still feels out of place. She still feels like, you know, she's never going to get to have the normal life that, that other people can have because she's, you know, a Kryptonian. She's like one step sort of out of her life. And I thought it was, it was really cool that they like dove into that for her. This, this thought that she, you know, she does, uh, she's about to tell James that she's mad because he and Lucy are an item and then, and then very, very impressively pivots. Yeah, she uh, recovers for that. I was like, ooh, she recovered that fast. <laughs> uh, but I think what she what she dove into, even though it was uh, a little, again, it was a little bit of a sidestep of the truth, was that, like, she's afraid she's not going to get to, you know, get to have that kind of relationship, the, the person who's going to be her perfect partner at game night. And I thought that that was really understandable, I think, you know, for the where Supergirl is and and kind of any young adult is kind of struggling, you know, if you're single and you're wondering, like, when's it going to happen for me? I think that's a really understandable place to to be, even if you're not a superhero. Yeah, I really like the way that the show explored Kara's anger issues and really got into the heart of uh, Kara's trauma from Krypton's destruction and being sent off by herself and of course getting stuck in the phantom zone and losing her family and losing all of her culture and her people and her planet. And that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So Kara, even if she has an adoptive family and she's got a a semi okay job and she's got, she's got friends, it would still be something that I would imagine that that would stay with her and always affect her in some way. And uh, so I, I like that the show made an effort to dig into that with Kara. And um, I think it did it in such a way that it was um, playing on multiple levels. You know, she, it was about Krypton. It was about James and Lucy. It was about Kat. You know, all these uh, parts of Kara's life 
are kind of uh, <laughs> uh, building up and 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 coming to a crescendo in the episode. And I think they handled it really well, even even uh, smartly having her, you know, uh, go boxing with James. But for Cara, <laughs> she has to hit a you know an, a old beat up car because that's the that's the thing that would give her the most uh, sort of boxing uh, boxing uh, reflex, I guess. So I, I really like that attention to detail that Cara can't just go take a kickboxing glass. She has to beat up an old car. Bunsen are the, agrees. Are the lab cats uh, chiming in he, with their thoughts? He he is. He had a lot of. He has a lot of feelings. Sometimes at, uh, at night, mm. he will walk around with his toy in his mouth, like meowing and kind of crying plaintively. I found out that that's because, like, sometimes they'll just drop the the toy off to you. It's like um, they don't trust y- me to like hunt, and oh, he's yeah. afraid I I might starve. So he's like oh. basically bringing me. <laughs> He's providing for you. He's providing for me, which is it's <laughs> nice really of him. sweet. He, yeah. he does get a little loud, though, sometimes when he's telling me, you know, he's giving me the business about yeah. why can't I provide for myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really thoughtful that he's, just, he's just looking out for you. That's that's great. <laughs> well, and to be fair to Kat, who was giving Kara some some well, even to be fair to all of the people who were giving Kara a, a little bit of a rough time, everybody was dealing with their own things. Uh, for example, Kat uh, was dealing with uh, some anger issues of her own with her mother. So we did get to meet Kat's mother in this episode. And uh, just to uh, go back to our last Super Radio Rewind, where we we're all kind of wondering and trying to remember what Kat's mother uh, did as a career that's explained in this episode where she talks about how she's uh, an editor, a book editor, and, um, you know, hangs out with famous people that, you know, uh, that invite her to parties that Kat's not invited to. Um, so, Morgan, what did you think about uh, meeting Kat's mother? It reminded me of a couple of things. I've actually <laughs> reminded me of a documentary I've never seen but have oh. heard of. Uh, but there's apparently a, a documentary about Anna Wintour, which I feel like this was probably borrowing pretty liberally from, which <laughs> is about, you know, I, uh, if you don't know, if you're not obsessed with fashion, like uh, myself and Lena, uh, <laughs> Anna Wintour is the like longtime editor of Vogue, also famously the person that The Devil Wears Prada was written about. <laughs> uh, so a gem. Uh, but uh, uh, there's there was some documentary about her and it's all about how and a lot of it was about apparently that like her family's not that impressed by her. Like they all have these like kind of like snootier jobs or whatever. And they think that what she does is kind of unserious. Uh, apparently again, I've never seen the documentary, so I could be wrong based on the reviews I read, but it, <laughs> it's, it felt very much like cat cat grant herself feels a little bit Anna Wintour esque, a little bit devil wears Prada E like she's just going to throw a jacket at you and hope you catch it. Or it's going <laughs> to go on your head. She <laughs> wants you to, you know, order her a steak and tell you about Cerulean blue. So <laughs> I want you to go get unpublished manuscripts of Harry Potter, Harry books. Potter, yeah. exactly for her children. Uh, <laughs> so, so to me, it felt very much like kind of a piece of that. 
And then the other thing it reminded me of, and I don't know if you've watched it at all. It's on our good friend HBO Max. So love HBO no Max. guarantees it's still up. But <laughs> <laughs> could be gone. Um, but they have a show called Julia that's about um, Julia Child, um, mm. the the uh, sort of cooking personality. Yes. And uh, her book editor worked for this like famous woman editor in uh in new york and this this editor who's played by the way and you will not guess by judith light oh <gasps> dame judith light dame judith light in <laughs> fact plays this <laughs> plays the book editor and she's always on julia's editor about like why are you spending all this time editing cookbooks like julia's not that big of a deal like you should be editing like the greats of literature and it's like julia Jones is the best like what what are you doing what are you talking about dame judith and uh, it very much reminded me of that where she's like talking to cat and she's like oh it's cute what you have here but i'm off to talk to tony morrison and <laughs> <laughs> I think there was also a shade on Margaret Atwood, which I thought was very yes. funny. Yes, because <laughs> she, she hasn't gotten an award, uh, and she's like, "I, what could you possibly talk to with these like literary luminaries?" And it's like, oh man, what a snob!" Yeah, I this I think this is bef- before Cat uh, talks about doing hot yoga with Bernie Sanders. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that one always sticks in my brain. I think it's the the visual of that. The visual that, is that, something that, that has always stood. That that I would just imagine him being Kat's like sleep. sitting there yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the mittens yeah. at hot yoga. <laughs> Everybody else is sweating, and he's just, <laughs> he's just like not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so Cat has messed around with some really famous people. So it, the fact that her mom dismissed her even though she's you know had all of these celebrity encounters as we you know later find out you know throughout the rest of the season it is uh it shows that her mother is a little snootier uh mm-hmm. than even we we see with cat so it, it's uh it's really sad for me to see cat go through that because you can see that it really bothers her that her mother is downplaying all of her successes and everything that she's accomplished and I can imagine that would be something that she would then take out on Kara or Kira in this case. Uh, but I did really like their scenes in this episode. And I think season one was so good about that. Having those Kara cat mentor mentee uh, scenes that were always so good. Cause it always felt like Kara learned something and cat grew as a character. So I think it, it was a, uh, it was not just for cat. It was not just for Kara. They mutually benefited from those scenes together. And I, I always, I just always really like those scenes. Yeah, it felt like we were always like peeling back the layers of one of those two characters when they were in scenes together, especially when they were like those one-on-ones, like when Kat takes her to the bar and they have like a, a lot of, Kat has like a scary amount of martinis, <laughs> 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 which Cara then knows like the next day that she's going to have to give her aspirin, which I love. Like she comes in with the aspirin. She understands. <laughs> and, uh, and Kat turning around in her chair, like a, like a inspector gadget villain. Oh my gosh. So good. Is on is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, uh, just to stop, do we need to check on Bunsen? Is he, Oh, oh I think he's fine. Hey bud. Okay. Hi. So he's, he's Hi, not, friend. he's, okay. he's, He's chill. He's not after the light. Okay. 
Is, is no, not yet. Okay, <laughs> I just for, that's probably for later. Okay, all right. I'll I'll try to keep an eye, eye on it. Light watch. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So Cat is dealing with some anger issues of her own. Uh. Then James, I think, is also dealing with uh, some anger issues. Uh. Having to. Uh, go to dinner with and interact with Lucy's father, General Sam Lane, who we get introduced to in this episode. So, Morgan, what did you think about uh, this version of General Lane? Because there's a different General Lane on Superman and Lois, because that's a completely yeah, different a lot of like thing. not great parents in this. Hi, buddy. What's going on here? What's going on? Could we could we take a step back from me? <laughs> from me, please. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with him. <laughs> Bunsen's lost it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like like there. Yeah, a lot of bad parents in this one. Uh, General Lane was not the best here. Uh, he doesn't think that James is good enough for Lucy, based on what exactly. Like he's isn't didn't he win some awards for his photography? I think he won a Pulitzer for that Superman photo. Yeah. But I think the really the anger behind General Lane's anger is that uh, he did not like that James hung around with Superman and 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 had super friends. So I think that was what he used as his uh, way of determining that he was not good enough for Lucy, which I actually was. I've always found that refreshing that it, that that was the reason that he didn't like James because at some point in the episode, even when I rewatch it, I always sort of think he's going to be like, "I don't like you because you're black" or something yeah, like, like like it's yeah. going to be a, like a race card thing. And really, it's not the race card. It's I just don't think you're good enough for my daughter. Like I just don't like the people you hang around with. I thought that was actually really refreshing because they could have gone that easy uh, way of causing. Uh, some dr dramatic tension between those characters, but they actually made it more about James's character and um, uh, the, the folks that James surrounded himself with and not necessarily about what he looked like or where he was from. It was more about his character. Um, so I always thought that that was actually a, a surprising choice. So both General Lane, I think, is dealing with some anger, and James are dealing with some anger, and then they get angry kind of together. They're not happy together. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I like that that James gets to talk about, you know, as a black man, he can't really, like, express his anger just the same way that Cara talks about. Like, as a girl, it's, you know, frowned on for her, for her to express hers. But, yeah, I appreciated that the reason that General Lane doesn't like Jimmy really has more to do with the company he keeps really he doesn't like that he's friends with superman he doesn't like that he's friends with supergirl he doesn't trust aliens he doesn't sort of trust the superheroes that are flying around i thought that that was really interesting because we uh, this is early in the series and we hadn't really seen that perspective so far it's mo more like oh your cousin's more famous than you not like oh we don't really trust these uh these you know super super powered beings we only the only perspective we get on that really so far is maxwell lord and who knows what he's up to ever <laughs> except, <laughs> except for building trains <laughs> he's an enigma he's like <laughs> he's like okay i'll tell you a thing that's kind of obvious but only if you have dinner with me <laughs> 
cool, I guess. I mean, I bet your food's pretty good. You're super rich. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I also, I was like, I didn't blame Kara for being mad in this episode because I was about to lose it. Just watching it where General Lane is like, he comes in, he's like, you have to fight my robot. And it's like, that's a weird request, sir, but fine. <laughs> That's what you want. I've got I've got a, a a note from the president who says if you don't fight my robot, you're in trouble. It's like not just a note, Morgan, an executive order. An executive order, which We've, is exactly how those work. <laughs> we talk extensively the, about executive the orders of the president. <laughs> it's nice to know that like it goes back this far that they just do not understand how executive <laughs> orders work or what you would use it for. I want you, one individual person, to do a thing for me from the desk of the president. <laughs> not sure that's how it works. Okay, but okay. <laughs> whatever you guys want, whatever you need. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So she's like, fine, I'll fight your stupid rock'em sock'em robot. <laughs> um, and then she fights the robot. She beats the robot. The robot flies off, turns into like a killing machine. That seems like a like a flaw in the design of the <laughs> robot. And not that it's her fault. She, it, I just like the internal logic to me really bothered me because I was like, but you want her to fight the robot, right? She's Supergirl, so yeah. like she's gonna win. You <laughs> must know. You must, in your heart of hearts, know that she's gonna win. Like if Supergirl can't take a robot. What are we all here for? Right? What, are we all, what are we all even doing here? So she's going to win. And then, like, you're mad that, like, all that R&D went down the drain. You made her fight. The <laughs> you didn't tell her, hey, wait, fight the robot. But not in a way that's going to, like, waste our development dollars, right? You just said, fight the robot. What if she had just freeze, uh, like, frozen the entire robot and just smashed him into little tiny pieces? What do you, what about all your money now? At least the robot was mostly intact. When he <laughs> just just flew missing an arm into the air to become a killing machine. Mm-hmm. And also, why does he have programming to make him become a killing machine? That <laughs> well, seems he, like a design flaw as well. <laughs> he was part of the US military. So That's true. That's true. But I feel like the first thing shouldn't be like, uh-oh, somebody uh, somebody messed up our robot. Now he will kill everyone. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. Escalated quickly. Everyone, not specific targets. This, again, (laughs) seems like a design flaw. (laughs) He's out in the field with the soldiers and somebody like pisses off a (laughs) red tornado. Everyone's dead. (laughs) You can't can't even tell a joke to that to that red guy. Mm -mm. He does not take it well, they say. (laughs) But yeah, the whole thing was like so crazy. Like they she did what they like letter of the law, what they wanted her to do. Can you beat this robot? Of course she can. She's Supergirl. She beats the robot. He flies off, and they're like, "Now you've endangered everyone." Excuse me, sir. How <laughs> you invited <laughs> me here? You showed me an executive order that was either wrong or fake, and I did the thing. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm I'm getting hot on her behalf. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, I one of the things I really liked about the red tornado stuff is that uh well Kara, I guess is, you know, she's having issues with the Lucy aspect of the episode. And at one point, 
uh, at game night, which I think this is the first game night on Supergirl, I believe. I think uh, so, yeah. Six episodes in, we get our, our first game night, which would be a thing that would continue on throughout the series. It would have lots of game nights. And uh, so at the game night, Lucy announces to everyone in the room that she's not really that impressed with Supergirl. She met Supergirl, not impressed, doesn't think much of her. <laughs> and so then when <laughs> Supergirl uh, has to uh, be around Lucy in her DEO part of her life, uh, then she uh, she's really trying to impress uh, or at least show off in front of Lucy to to make her change her mind or at least to make herself feel a little better because I think she has a little anger with the Lucy situation. <laughs> Just a so, tiny bit. So I, I liked that that all converged. Like all of these storylines, this is a great example of the show doing thematic things well. Later on in the show, uh, if, we, if we time traveled to the future, there would be words of the episode and they would just say the word over and over again until you got hit over and over and in the head with the word. But here they didn't have to do that because they they demonstrated it through all the storylines and made them all connect. And uh, so I thought the writing here was really good because all of it sort of went together. And I think even with uh, Red Tornado going crazy, maybe Red Tornado had some anger issues of his own, even though he was mostly a robotic uh, cybernetic being who then became sentient. So maybe once he became sentient, uh, then he had uh, some anger <laughs> issues. I'm developing. sad we didn't like deep, deep dive into mm. Red Tornado. What's his deal? What's he angry about? He's like, <laughs> father. <laughs> when they kill his creator, he's like, yes. no. Uh, but yeah, it, well, it's interesting to me too, because I don't know anything about Red Tornado. And when I first watched this episode, I was just like, cool, this guy's red. That's neat. Uh, and I knew nothing, but I've since watched a little bit of Young Justice, where he's like a character who's sort of helping out the uh, the younger superhero kids in the show. Yeah, he's so, a hero. Yeah, and so when I first started watching that, I was like, this guy? Didn't, <laughs> didn't Supergirl blow him up with her vision? Didn't I, don't I remember that? So I thought it was interesting, like, going back now, knowing he's kind of a more prominent character he's been in the justice league before that like they were like yeah we're gonna have red tornado and he's gonna be a villain you're like yeah cool interesting redemption storyline for him perhaps and they're like no superhero's just gonna blow him up like straight up just episode six (laughs) beating she's just gonna kill him goodbye (laughs) Uh, yeah i was like oh goodbye red tornado i guess (laughs) r.i.p i feel like they could have like he could have once again at the end of the episode like shot up into the air and he's like goodbye and like you're like like, oh what happened to red tornado and then like seasons later he could have popped back up and that would have i think been fun for everyone to be like oh my god red tornado and he's like yeah i went to hawaii i really i had a lot of anger it turned out a lot of anger issues and uh like he could have had like a whole storyline about how he like dealt with his anger issues maybe i don't know maybe he did some surfing is it dangerous for a robot almost definitely (laughs) but he lives on the edge and he's like once i once i once i caught my first wave man everything locked into place (laughs) he's like he's back and he's ready to like do superhero stuff now he feels bad about his previous actions (laughs) would it be dangerous for red tornado to be out on the waves would he he, he call it a hurricane he could sure, he sure could, yeah. But or could he make himself the perfect wave? 
<laughs> they're like, wow, this like red guy has been taking the the surfing scene by storm. And like Supergirl <laughs> car like turns the page and she's like, why do I feel like I know that guy? <laughs> and, it's, and it's just Red Tornado, but he's got like a floppy hat on and some sunglasses. <laughs> it's like some like Hawaiian shorts, <laughs> like a puka shell necklace. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I just feel like I know him. I don't know. It's so he weird. looks so familiar. <laughs> so familiar. I can't. I can't place him though. <laughs> Man, that guy got sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> this that would is... be my spinoff. Uh, oh, I, I really <laughs> red, red tornado dot dot hang ten exclamation point. <laughs> It would have been great. I'm just saying that we missed a whole character journey for him, and I'm a little sad about it. <laughs> Instead of killing him, you could just make him a surfer champion. Exactly. <laughs> just like living that laid back surf lifestyle. I think that would have helped with his anger a lot. <laughs> Writing is not hard, it turns out. <laughs> I got tons of ideas. <laughs> Uh, so whenever we write a Red Tornado comic book story, <laughs> yes, that's what got, we're, we're doing. It. DC, call us. We've got <laughs> so many ideas. We've got some good <laughs> concepts for Red Tornado. <laughs> They'd be flying off the shelf. Um, yeah, so Red Tornado is introduced in this episode and then is seen no more after uh, a Supergirl <laughs> destroys him with her heat vision. And that's a really big moment in the episode. This is Kara or... or you know, super as Supergirl, she's got her super suit on, but it's really Kara dealing with her anger and using the heat vision and her uh, fight against Red Tornado to get that anger out. So um, what do you think about the uh, twist ending there where Kara uh, knocks over a piece of glass and uh oh, oh. she's bleeding? Oh, I didn't see that one coming I, because I forgot episode orders and stuff like that. So I was like, whoa, wait, what? And she's like, the way that she just stares at it, like, oh, I can't believe that I'm bleeding. Uh, I mean, what a good cliffhanger to leave you off on for the next episode. Like, that makes me want to just go like, okay, next episode, please. Let's just go right into the next one. But like, we had to wait a whole week for that. We had to like, really like, hold tight for that next episode. Yeah, uh, because this was pretty early on. Um, this is the introduction of the solar flare uh, in the Supergirl universe. But I think if I remember correctly, during the time of this uh, episode airing back in 2015, solar flares in the comics were relatively new. And uh, so this was a new concept, uh, re relatively new concept that was now introduced on the Supergirl TV series. And so this was this is a great way to put it in there because it did kind of make you go, what? Why Why would she be bleeding? She Nothing happened to her. She didn't come into contact with Kryptonite. There was no magic. Um, but it turns out if you uh, use your heat vision too hard, uh, you're going to solar flare and that's going to be a problem for you and you're going to lose all of your abilities. So I think six, six, episodes, <laughs> six episodes in and they're really testing... Supergirl and really, um, really giving her a, a big challenge. And so I, I, I always thought that was really cool that they did that so early on. They could have waited until the season finale, but here they are, uh, see, uh, season one, episode six, and she's lost her powers. I've been, um, I've been, uh, shown up a little bit by the chat. So Hegel, oh, okay. Says, 
in the Earth X crossover, Red Tornado was a hero, which I don't remember. <laughs> If I'm being honest, but the Earth X crossover was a long time ago. Uh, Claudia he, he also says Red Tornado also pops randomly in Supergirl season six during the final battle with Lex. Again, no memories, but I'll take your word for it. I they, do. There I, I do. People there, and <laughs> I do remember. I do remember Red Tornado showing up at the end because uh, Red Tornado comes in. I think with Overgirl. And some other ah. villains of the past. So I guess Red Tornado after Crisis has now returned somehow and is a, a villain again. This would have been the, the opportunity to show him as the, the surfer hero that we all know. Yeah, exactly. Love. That would have he been the right time to do it. He could have come in like Calabunga, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good friend, Red Tornado. Uh, and Miss Fiction Fanatic uh, said also that he does pop up on Crisis on Earth X. So I don't remember that. I don't really remember his storyline or like how he popped up on crisis on earth x because it's been so long but should we should we do a, a rewind of all the crossovers because i feel like we should we've both forgotten some <laughs> i've forgotten a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> and then christ and then uh, other crisis made a lot of them like not even real yeah made it a lot more confusing um and i guess speaking of uh a crisis and um, things, you know, uh, some, you know, uh, a thing that somebody might have forgotten. Uh, let's talk about Alex and what she learns about <laughs> in regards to her father in this episode. So this this is the start of Alex's journey to learning what really happened to Jeremiah Danvers, <laughs> and, so then Morgan, not, and then ultimately not caring about it very much. <laughs> So, Morgan, what did you think about uh, the big revelation here uh, that Hank Henshaw had something to do with Jeremiah's demise? I thought it was, like, really well done. It also kind of uh, reminded me of the conversation that we were having with, I think, the last episode about how the episodes were ultimately kind of aired out of order. Because I had kind of forgotten that in the uh, Thanksgiving episode, I think that's when they find out that... Um, their mom knows or or had heard of Hank Henshaw and was mm-hmm. like, yeah, Hank Henshaw was the one who recruited your father to work at the DEO. And then like the next episode we get, there's no mention of it. Everyone's everyone's cool. Uh, <laughs> James and Lucy are are wondering, should we date again? Last week they were at Thanksgiving together, <laughs> uh, which apparently now that we know that Thanksgiving had to be pretty terrible, unless it was maybe with her like mom's side of the family. Are they oh, divorced? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but that Thanksgiving probably not James's favorite, uh, especially <laughs> since they were maybe not together yet, which is a weird thing. <laughs> oh, do you think that the general lane now that we're talking about the episode order? Do you think something happened during Thanksgiving with General Lane? Or do you think? Oh. Or, or, or do you think General Lane didn't? He he kind of seemed like he didn't know it in red faced. Yeah, that they were he, together. He kind of seemed surprised. He was like, I don't. I think he knew that they were together, but he was more like, Oh, I'm surprised you're still together. Which doesn't speak to me of somebody who just spent Thanksgiving with somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> so maybe maybe General Lane wasn't at Thanksgiving. Maybe it wasn't at Thanksgiving. I I want to oh. know like Ooh. what what happened to Mrs. General Lane? Is oh. <laughs> are they divorced? Maybe they were with the mom side of the family mm. for that that I can't imagine why would you divorce him? He seems like a gem. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, like the episode order really kind of struck out to me in this one because suddenly it's like, remember that thing that like as Alex is like, I have to know what happened to my dad. And I was like, last week you didn't hadn't even mentioned him which again <laughs> they were just preparing you for what yeah. was going to happen later in the show yeah that's going to uh, be real consistent later on <laughs> later on i would expect this from alex danvers <laughs> early on she seemed to really care about what was going on with jeremiah <laughs> she's like i will avenge you i will avenge you father and he's like actually i'm alive she's like i'm good <laughs> And then he died anyway. <laughs> and then she's like, I will avenge you again. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I needed, I really needed that like previously on Supergirl uh, thing in the beginning of the episode because that's when they kind of like, they're like, oh, Eliza said that like uh, Jeremiah went to work for Hank Henshaw. And I was like, she did? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so yeah i feel like again like they because they had to shuffle the episode order it doesn't naturally make as much sense as it would if that if this episode had come directly after the thanksgiving episode i think that would have like kept the momentum up i think like their original order was really building the momentum and building like je- like bit by bit building that hank storyline really well they just had to like shuffle things around so it didn't make as much sense but yeah in this one i definitely again like you know i know what we're like what we're driving to but back when i was first watching the show i was like that hank seems like a bad dude like what's he got going on like what's he what's he planning with his red eyes <laughs> yeah and they tease the uh, i believe south america storyline because they 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 tease uh the story with jeremiah and martian manhunter that we will see later on in the season uh so it again uh goes back to the the <laughs> the realization they 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 planned this like it's almost like they thought this through that they planned all of this out uh mm-hmm. which is which is not something i'm used to as a supergirl tv series not uh, really fan. No. <laughs> uh so so to go back in season 1 and and really get to see that they've had they have this whole season long arc planned for these characters and and they're so uh prepared ahead of time that they can tease it i mean probably what 10 11 episodes out i mean they're they're teasing it pretty early yeah. before they even do that reveal and that storyline so it's yeah, i i it going back in in season 1 really reminds me that the show was so much more uh was so much more structured and was so much more well thought out uh than uh some of the later se- uh seasons of the series and it, it just going back and rewatching it is is impressive Yeah, it felt like they really had plotted it out in a really nice way where they were like, okay, this is where we want to start him. We want to throw suspicion on him. And like, this is where we want to like, turn the story and have that twist. Uh, And yeah, like as a as a viewer who's, you know, went through all of the rest of the show, it's really funny to go back and be like, everyone's suspicious of John. It's like, Space Dad? Everyone's suspicious of Space Dad? Like, he's he just wants you to do your homework and, like, achieve your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not nefarious. Uh, but it is funny. Like, they really did, like, you know, you watch it and you kind of take away that knowledge of, like, what the character, who he kind of becomes, especially to these characters later on. And, like, he does seem suspicious. He, do, you know, he, is, he does seem to be doing, 
like weird things and like really kind of building up that suspicion. And if the episodes had been played in order, it would have been that the bomb defusing followed by Eliza being like, that's the guy that you know, like I, your dad went off with him and I never saw him again kind of thing. And then this episode where he's just kind of wandering around like red eyed, like mm-hmm, not me. And he, not he, he, he messed with Jeremiah's file and everything mm-hmm. is redacted, the, uh, de- redacted it and deleted it. And like, he was the last mm-hmm. one in the file. Like, yeah, he seems like a bad dude when you're watching it uh, without the hindsight. It's like, Ooh, Oh my God. Like, what is he up to? And I really like the way that they like were slowly layering in those pieces of like making you suspicious and then like obviously if you're a comic book fan and you know his name you don't know he's Martian Manhunter yet and his name's really John Jones you're like hang Henshaw that's this dude's gonna be bad just he's gonna become that cyborg o- Superman mm-hmm, someday. just waiting for that other shoe to drop pretty much and I, I really liked the way that they played with that I thought that they did a really good job and it, uh, Claudia makes a good point in the chat saying, I love that the rewind episodes have five subsequent seasons for additional reference and knowing how things played out. And it's hard. I don't know what, what your thoughts are on this, Morgan, but it's hard to sort of separate what we know later on from uh, trying to analyze the the first season because it's it's kind of actually neat to go back and rewatch the first season, knowing how things end, uh, to see how they how they get there because even in this episode, even in red faced, uh, Kara is, is wondering if she's ever going to have it all, if she's ever going to live a normal life. And that does come back to, I don't know if that's intentional, uh, from the showrunners in later seasons to come back and sort of pay that off. But, uh, but there is an element to season six, Kara, where she wants to have a normal life. She takes off the glasses and, and wants to live as Kara, not just as Supergirl. Uh, so so I think uh, that paid off, I think, at the end of the show in, in some form or fashion. Maybe it was not as masterful as maybe it could have been, uh, but they did attempt to, to address uh, Kara's <laughs> struggle with that in season one. So it, it's, uh, it's difficult to separate them out a little bit because I'm enjoying making those connections. Yeah, it is fun when you think about, you know, you watch this episode and then you think about where she ends the show, which is at game night with her friends. I mean, she doesn't have a romantic partner, but she is surrounded by people who know her secret identity and who love her and uh, who accept her. And I think that is sort of a big part of what she's talking about when she sort of has that breakdown with James is just... You know, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to be honest with people. I'm I'm always going to have to kind of p- keep people at arm's distance because they can't ever really, you know, know my secret. And everybody, you know, at that game night knew her secret. And I think that is an that is a nice full circle moment when I look look forward to the the future of the show. And it's funny because a lot of these episodes, I'll just think, oh, why couldn't it have stayed like good like this? Uh, <laughs> But there are a couple of times where I go, oh, I like that they paid that off. I like that they got there eventually in the show, even though we, you know, we had to stumble through some whatever the totems were. Uh, We did. (laughs) What were they? I don't know. Who knows? No one. No one does. I truly believe no one does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, speaking uh, about that, where we kind of get some things paid off, Claudia also makes the point uh, saying, I think this episode planted the seed for James's need to eventually become guardian. Uh, Whether or not that that was planted in season one or not, it does 
justify it in season two where James uh, doesn't think he's special enough. Because even here, General Lane is literally telling him you are not special enough. <laughs> you are not special enough. So so in season Your two, friend- when he be- when he becomes a superhero, that's his attempt at being special. Yeah, I noticed that right away as I was watching that scene. I was like, oh, like this is really kind of set up for James's decision to become Guardian. Like whether or not I liked the James Guardian stuff, ultimately, like you can definitely point to this episode and go like, well, here is somebody directly saying we don't, you're not special. Just the you surround yourself with special people, and you can you can definitely make a case for James at this moment. Going like, well, I could be special too. Like I could also you know do what they're doing. So I mean, I do like that. Like going back, you can kind of see the the beginnings of that Guardian storyline start like this early in the show. Yeah, so uh, some of that is uh, comes back into play uh, later on in the show. Uh, that now that we have uh, the ability to look back from uh, six seasons of the series. Uh, so, Morgan, uh, was there anything that we left out that you wanted to discuss about Red Faced? Huh? I don't think there was much else. I think we kind of hit most of the major points. I did think it was funny that they were like, Alex, you have like, Alex has to go and talk to Maxwell Lord. He can help like based on what, like just like an episode ago, I guess two in the right order. Yes. Like he was like blowing things up to test Supergirl's speed. Like what makes you think (laughs) that he is going to be a good candidate for like, uh, figuring out anything. I mean, I, I do appreciate that. She came in with like the arm. She's like, here, what, what do you think? He's like, it's a robot arm. I don't like, what am I supposed to be thinking? I was a little confused about, because when red tornado comes back and attacks Lucy and general lane and James, and Supergirl has to fight him and he unleashes a tornado on the city. Red Tornado has his both of arms. his arms. Yes. Okay. I'm glad that this bothered you too because I immediately was like, did he grow back the other arm? He, I he guess we're have. supposed to think that like Dr. Morrow had like spare robot arms and was like, he was in control. Here of you him. go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about your arm. <laughs> Well, here's my thing. I guess with Maxwell Lord, I guess they were uh, hard up to find technological people to work on it. But but that also doesn't make sense because the military created yeah. <laughs> Red Tornado. Could they not have just accessed Dr. Morrow's files or technology? I don't understand why the military could not do it themselves and they needed Maxwell Lord to help them. Yeah, it seemed a little weird. It seemed like it's a little, a little des- bit, desperate. Feels like a little bit of a stretch that they were like, this guy who truly hates Supergirl and is trying to find her weaknesses for some nefarious purpose. Let's ask that guy. I think he's <laughs> going to help, honestly. Alex is like, listen, listen, I'm not good at this, especially not with men. But I felt like there was a vibe there I think I can exploit. (laughs) (laughs) She shows up and he's like, dinner? She's like, "Uh, I guess. (laughs) I I am hungry and I'm I'm here. I might as well. My fa- one of my favorites is like when Alex walks in, he's like, "You look stunning," and she like looks down at her pantsuit, her like standard FBI, issue, FBI <laughs> pantsuit. Like, all right, 
pushing it a little. <laughs> We're laying it on a little thick now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, he definitely was uh, doing that. Um, okay, so Maxwell Lord uh, helping out the Dio when he can, showing that he is uh, something of a, a shade of gray character, I guess. He's kind of the bad guy, but also helping uh, to prove that he can be a good guy as well. Uh, so Morgan, any other thoughts? Do you have some overall thoughts about this episode? Yeah, I really liked this one. Um, as we're going back to season one, I'm just remembering how much I liked this show when it first premiered and how good the writing was and the performances and even the, I mean, the budget, let's be honest, the budget was really good. Like all those scenes are like so crisp and bright. Oh, all <laughs> the money they had then. Uh, <laughs> the red tornado looked great. I mean, he, he looked like a guy in a, in, in a suit, but like a guy, like a robot, a robot guy in a suit. Yeah. 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 He, he I, pulled feel, it off. I feel like in the later seasons, he would have looked like a video game character from like a cut scene. And I, I kind of appreciate like, listen, we can ex- suspend our disbelief, like put a real actor in a suit. Like it doesn't have to be this weird CGI monstrosity. Like I appreciate, I feel like red tornado had some, some emotion to him because he was played by an actual human being. Um, and I just really like the uh, the way that they they tied into the anger and the way that they really tied into Kara's character and like how she was feeling about things and and her character progression and even like with the romantic triangle that <laughs> I don't care that much about, but how that impacts Kara, I do care about. And I think that they did a good job of showing you know, the anger behind the anger, as Kat said. And I think there are a lot of really good scenes for Carr in this episode. That scene with Kat, I think, was really good. The scene with James, uh, where she's punching a car. How cool is that? I thought that was really good. Um, I just think that they overall did a really good job in this episode of, like, highlighting, you know, some of the things that make Supergirl Supergirl, like that, you know, that, that trauma that she has and that anger that she has to get over and the way that that people kind of expect her to to take all their crap essentially and do it smiling. And like, sometimes she doesn't, you know, want to have to deal with the guys who are about to run over a bunch of school kids and like, be nice to them. And I think that there is kind of this assumption that like, yeah, she's going to do it all with a smile, but like that gets her down. And I, I like that we got to see that side of Supergirl. She almost did like break that dude's hand. Or I, mean, Sorry, she, I mean, he did step to her. She she could have handled that a little better, but <laughs> she's, she's with a little she, bit more grace. But she, she's having to learn how to do that <laughs> as Supergirl, which is understandable. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely tell they had more of a budget because they could afford all of that red makeup. That red <laughs> so setting. much red makeup. So much red. Makeup. Uh, uh, in. In a, in a few seasons, they won't have that kind of makeup budget anymore, and Jesse Jesse Rath will be excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> he will just be image inducing uh, for the remainder of the series. We do he's, not he's have like, green makeup for him. Green blue, no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we uh, end our discussion, just going to hit some things in the chat. New Rachel says, if you're looking for a heroic red tornado versus the evil one that we see in Red Faced, uh, she recommends recommends season one of young justice as morgan mentioned and the episodes invasion of the secret santas and hail the tornado tornado tyrant of batman 
the brave and the bold. So if you want some red tornado, that's a good one uh, to go by. And uh, let's see. And then new Rachel also says, uh, always be sad that we never get to see a superwoman storyline since this general lane would definitely give his daughter superpowers. Yeah. Oh man. That would have been so good uh, to see all of that because um, I actually really liked general uh, general lane as played by um, uh, Glenn Morshower. I, I interviewed him way back in the day, um, and, and Morgan, uh, just to interrupt myself, can you find that comment from new Rachel? I like got rid of it and now I can't, um, remove it from the live stream. Oh, so of course, uh, while I tell my Glenn Morshower story, <laughs> um, uh, but I, I did interview him at Pensacon and he's like the coolest guy. Like he's, he's very motivational as, as a human being. He's a really good actor. Uh, and he was really nice to me, even though I only had a few minutes with him. So if you want to to hear more of Glenn Morshower and his uh, thoughts on General Lane, uh, we do have a short interview with him uh, on Supergirl Radio, one of our early uh, episodes. And I think that episode also has most of his panel at Pensacon, which was just it's one of it's it was one of the best uh, like celebrity panels that I have ever attended just because he's such a good guy. And I actually was. He's one of the forgotten of Supergirl that I wish had not been <laughs> forgotten because I think he would have uh, done a really good job of continuing that character on. So uh, if you want to hear more of him and his perspective on the General Lane character, definitely uh, go give that a listen. All right. Well, I think that's uh, kind of pretty much going to do it on our thoughts on Red Face and, and more so Morgan's thoughts on Red Face since Morgan did not get to share her thoughts uh, initially <laughs> Uh, so I'm glad to get your perspective on um, this early episode of Supergirl and the introduction and demise of Red Tornado and <laughs> and, and how the show is starting to um, uh, thread some storylines throughout the season. So I guess I guess we have to get back to the future because we've been in 2015. Ah. We need to get back into 2022. So <laughs> I guess we should uh, travel back to the future and then we'll continue on with our episode when we get there. <laughs> Okay, oh, now rough, we're well, it's rough being back in 2022. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, now <laughs> now we're back. Now we're back uh, from the past and in the future. So uh, we, I, I didn't get a chance to uh, because of my Dragon Con <laughs> weekend exploits. I didn't get a chance to uh, 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 come up with some snap judgments. Although Morgan, if you have any off the top of your head, you're welcome to share them. But we do have one from the chat, and if you're in the chat with us right now. Feel free to drop some snap judgments uh, as we go. But I guess let's go ahead and make uh, a snap judgment since we do have a listener submitted one. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right, so we do have a snap judgment from Donna. So, Morgan, do you want to get into this? Of course. Okay, snap judgment. Where is it harder to get a good night's sleep? College or Dragon Con? Oh, Dragon Con for sure. Because at least with college, you can miss a class if you need to. Like, you, you could kind of skip one. But uh, Dragon Con, if you, if you sleep in, you're going to miss all the fun stuff. So I think uh, I think that's what I would say. I guess, Morgan, for your your answer, I guess you can apply that to San Diego Comic Con if, if you needed to, since you have not yet been yeah, to Dragon I've, Con. I've never been to Dragon Con, but 
I have certainly been to Comic-Con and uh, yeah, I would say, I'd say Comic-Con is, is harder to get to sleep. Yeah. It's very difficult with There's those. There's just always stuff happening, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's a lot going on. Uh, Dr. Nicole Green in the chat uh, asks, uh, practical effects or CGI? So Morgan, what, what what's your uh, call there? Wh- which do you prefer? I'm a practical effects girl all the way. I don't. I don't want to see CGI. Give me the puppet version of Baby Yoda. That's, <laughs> that's why he's so cute. He's got a little soul in there. I yes. love the Muppets. I give it. I think. I think a good practical effect. It just looks better. It looks better. You don't need CGI to make Kermit the Frog ride a bicycle. You don't. S- somebody can figure that out. Be creative. Put his feet on the pedals. <laughs> That's like the most magical thing I can think of. It's like, how did they do that? How did, and I, I think I know the answer. It's like some big, like a, like a truck thing that had a bunch of wires and they had, (laughs) I think that's how they did that. But it's just, it's just the most magical thing when you see it on the screen. It's like, how, how, the frog is riding a bicycle. How, how would you, nowadays they would just do it as CGI. But Mm -hmm. back then somebody was like, I want to figure this out. How do I make Kermit the Frog ride a bicycle? And they figured it out. Let's figure this out. They figured it out. And back in the 80s, too. They they did not give up until they made Kermit the Frog ride a bicycle. Uh, Yeah, I would probably say practical effects. um, If I had to pick one, which is part of the game. So I would probably pick uh, practical effects. But I also don't dismiss CGI when it is useful. Uh, I, I watched uh, the Industrial Light and Magic documentary on Disney Plus, Ooh. which is a HBO Max competitor, but <laughs> still, still, good, <laughs> still a good streaming platform. If you have not watched the Industrial Light and Magic, I think it's called Light and Magic is the documentary. It's a like a Ooh. six episode documentary series. Highly recommend it. It shows the evolution of special effects uh, from the practical effect with the stop motion and the modeling. Uh, and the camera work into the CGI aspect where they were starting to incorporate some of those more computer generated uh, images into what they were doing. And it's just the most fascinating story. And so I have a lot of respect for both, both sides of the effect industry. I think they go best when they go together. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's been some beautiful CGI stuff done in the past. So yeah, I think, they are they are better together. Yeah, and I, I I don't think you want to rely too much on CGI though. I know the yeah. uh the, the new Lord of the Rings TV series costs what five hundred million dollars an episode or something crazy. <laughs> it's like, I think it's like it's a, too I, think it like a, I think it was like a billion dollars. You know what? I feel like some of that was was maybe just filming on location though. I oh, I watched the first episode and it is is very very pretty. I was like oh. That looks, that's some nice scenery. That's a, that's a field I want to frolic through. <laughs> <laughs> some of that though, you could maybe not have to spend. Like you could scale billions back a dollar. little, a little <laughs> Maybe we throw some of that money to Wheel of Time. They're, <laughs> they're just trying their best, guys. <laughs> they didn't get a billion dollars. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I think, uh, I think it's, it's best when done well and with, uh, uh, thinking about the budget. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. you maybe might, might not want to blast it, that, uh, that budget out to a million, to a cool billion dollars. <laughs> to a cool billion. All right. Well, I think that is going to take us out of Snap Judgment. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right, that is going to do it for uh, this episode of Supergirl Radio Rewind as we go back, as we went back into the past to look at the episode from season one titled Red Faced. Well, now we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcasts plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say And since this episode featured Red Tornado, we have Red Tornado designs in the DC TV podcast Tee Public store that we would like to suggest. This is the perfect time to to grab that Red Tornado merch uh, since everybody is nostalgic for a Red Tornado in season one of Supergirl. So uh, we have lots of Red Tornado. There's actually lots of Red Tornado (laughs) designs on the the Tee Public store. Good for him. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're a big fan of the Justice League and of Red Tornado, pick up some cool stuff. We've got mugs and T-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of things. Uh, So definitely go and check that out. And uh, I just wanted to uh, address something that was in the live chat. So Daryl says uh, we missed feedback. Uh, so Daryl, I uh, apologize, uh, but because of my Dragon Con weekend, uh, I've just had a lot going on. Didn't get a chance to uh, get the doc put together. So uh, we'll get all the feedback and all of the news that we wanted to cover this week. And we'll do that in our next episode of Supergirl Radio uh, when we have more time to get those things put together. So my apologies. That's on me. Uh, just uh, some <laughs> things going on in my life. And so we'll we'll get to that stuff um, at a later date. But your, your feedback has not been forgotten. We just uh, didn't get a chance to address it in this episode. So uh, please uh, stay with us and be, and we ask for your patience and uh, your forgiveness on that. Uh, we also uh, would like to remind everyone that we are currently running a new DCTV podcast 
plugs contest. Uh, so if you are interested in participating in that, and we hope that you do because Morgan doesn't want to do the plugs anymore. I sure don't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so here's some details on how you can participate. Supergirl radio needs new DC TV podcast plugs, which means that we are holding another plugs contest and we invite you to submit your recordings of how you would promote the DC TV podcast on Supergirl Radio. We want you to do that so that <laughs> I do not have to do that. It's very important that you do it so I don't have to. You can be, <laughs> you can be as creative as you want to be, uh, but we do have one requirement, and that's that you need to make sure you mention all of our podcasts in the DC TV Podcast Network. And in case maybe you have forgotten what those are, I will list them like so. That's <laughs> Supergirl Radio. That's the one that you're listening to right now. Uh, the Flash Podcast. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast. I hear that one's really great. That's pretty, uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. The Lituation <laughs> Room. DC on HBO Max Podcast, which maybe one day will be sponsored by HBO Max. <laughs> HBO Max, where I like to watch stuff uh <laughs> <laughs> the star girl podcast superman and lois radio they're not in the arrowverse but we're still allowing them to be on the network <laughs> what 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 a ring that that probably threw them for where they're like excuse me we're not in the arrowverse <laughs> uh green lantern podcast the sandman podcast justice league dark podcast and DC TV, After Dark. I hear that one's pretty good too. That one's fine. That one's that one's fine. <laughs> that one I think is still being workshopped. Uh, <laughs> so how do you get on uh, Supergirl Radio? What you do is you email an MP3, a wave, or an M4A. Yep. To supergirlradio at gmail.com by our contest deadline, which is September 30th. We will choose the winner, and the winner will receive a prize in the mail, uh, which will consist of Superman Family Adventures, a volume one, DC Super Pets, Super Powered Pony, which is a story about Comet the Super Horse, and maybe also an additional surprise. We, we might sneak something we that you didn't might, expect in there. just might. Yeah, so we hope that you uh, want to participate in our plugs contest so that we can feature you on the podcast and give you some cool free stuff. And on that note, we'd also like to thank our legion of super sponsors for uh, supporting Supergirl Radio through our Patreon. And if you would like to participate in doing that, you can go to patreon.com slash Radio. So we'd like to give a shout out to Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Nicola, uh, uh, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. Uh, so we really appreciate all of your support. And if you would like to follow me and keep up with what I'm doing, uh, there are several ways you can do that. I'm on a pl uh, social media platform called Vero, which I like because you get to share things you're watching and uh, listening to and uh, reading, if you read books, uh, that's, <laughs> that's difficult for me. Uh, but it's also a place where I like to share uh, pictures if I'm practicing photography, which I did quite a bit of 
uh, at DragonCon uh, this past weekend. Uh, some friends of mine are really good cosplayers. Check them out on Instagram at Mirror Bright Cosplay. Uh, they uh, let me stick a camera in their face uh, for a little bit during the weekend. So that was a lot of fun. So you can check uh, my photography out on uh, Vero at Derby Kid and on Instagram at The Derby Kid. That's where I post up uh, pictures every now and then, a little video. And then you can follow me and subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmokeprod, where right now I'm doing a uh, film analysis and uh, looking at Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, critical reception reviews from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. So if you're interested in learning how to review films, We'll go on that journey together because mostly I'm looking at how not to review films. Uh, so if you want to do that, uh, I gather at Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, on uh, my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. And we can be live together and read through the reviews and see what we think about them. So that is a couple ways. You, uh, those are a couple ways that you can uh, keep up with me. And I did see a question from Daryl in the chat asking, since you went to Dragon Con, what panel was Brianna Viscus, Vinskus, uh, supposed to do? That's a great question, Daryl. I have no idea. I cannot answer that for you uh, because I did not uh, uh, see Brianna there. I, I believe Brianna was there. Uh, Brianna was uh, uh, Vasquez, Agent Vasquez on Supergirl. So oh. uh, so I, I wanted to run into her, but I just uh, didn't get a chance to. Sometimes there are things going on. It's it's funny. I fill up my entire schedule in the Dragon Con app for the entire weekend. And then most of it I have to throw away because <laughs> other <laughs> things come up or I'm hanging out with my friends or uh, something else. So uh, unfortunately, I did not get around... Um, uh, to doing that. Uh, Daryl says she was on the cancellation list. Oh, well then I didn't miss her at all. So I feel oh. better. I feel better. <laughs> that. So yeah, I don't know what she was there to, uh, represent. Uh, but I know her from Supergirl. So that's, that's all I would have known her for. I did get to meet, uh, Connor Leslie though. So that, that was really, really fun. So if you like Donna Ooh. Troy on Titans, I had a little interaction with her. It was like the best part of my weekend. And I'm not normally like a celebrity person anymore. Now, now I've been going to Dragon Con for like 14 years. I'm like, ah, famous people. I've seen them all. <laughs> and, th and this, this year I was like, oh my God, I got to meet Donna Troy. So, uh, so that's a, uh, so that's pretty fun. So, uh, but if you do have questions, Daryl, about the dra the Dragon Con schedule, you can go into the uh, download the Dragon Con app that that should still be in there. So, if you wanted to check that out, you can do so. Uh, Morgan, tell us about yourself and sure. uh, how we can keep up with you. <laughs> well, I'm a Cancer, and I like long walks <laughs> on the beach. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. Uh, you can also find me as a co-host on DC TV After Dark, where we're like in the beginning stages of planning an episode. I'm no. not promising anything, but again, <laughs> subscribe to the feed, and then when it pops up, you'll be like, cool and we'll be like oh yeah that thing uh, <laughs> and i'm also co-host on the legends of tomorrow podcast where i think my vacation has kind of messed up our schedule a little bit because i'm off next week to disney world and Ooh. so um we i think that is pushing back our wheel of time episode uh where i make a cat and amy watch wheel of time with me and then mike um joins us 
hit, uh, if Cat doesn't like it, there might be a fight. So it's no. going to be fun. It's going to be contentious, I think. Because uh, <laughs> uh, real time is Mike's favorite thing. And Cat doesn't love high fantasy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to see if we can talk her around. Um, but I think that's going to uh, end up being a little bit closer to the end of the month, probably around the, uh, the week of the 22nd. So if you have it on your calendars, move it. <laughs> it was supposed to be this week, but I don't think we're going to get to it. So we are looking forward to doing that. And then I, I, I don't really know. I think we had a, a couple ideas about the next couple episodes, but we're still trying to figure out what, well, you know, what do, what do we do with the, what, what do we become? We're kind of like, uh, we're kind of, we haven't become the butterfly yet. We're still, mm. we're still sort of in the cocoon. So mm. we're, we're going to break free soon, but not quite yet. <laughs> we thought we'd have more time to figure that out, but yeah, you know, the CW had other ideas. <laughs> that is okay. Well, I look forward to uh, whatever butterfly comes out of that. <laughs> I mean, it'll be a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> butterfly. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but that is uh, that is all very exciting. And and when you were uh, uh, explaining who you are, uh, when I asked you about it, it reminded me my my brother is a, a marketing professor, and so one of the things that he does is that he he tries to uh, teach his students how to be professionals. And so uh, one of the things that he has done with his program is that he uh, he has the, these sort of seminars where he calls it "Tell me about yourself." And so the oh. the thing the thing is he'll he'll have a student come up to a prof uh, professional kind of like in a speed dating sort of situation, <laughs> and and then uh, the professional will say, "Well, tell me about yourself." And so the student is then forced to oh. tell them about it because that's hard. That's it's, hard for people. You know what? It is a, it is a good life skill that I think yeah. bears out a lot. Like the more interviews that you have to go on, the better you get at that professional. Tell me about yourself, like, like two, one or two liners. And then it, like, you do get kind of thrown off when somebody doesn't have that like ready, like doesn't have that in the chamber. I remember like one time there was like somebody new to like where I was working and uh, we were having like a one-on-one. -on -one. I was like, Oh, so tell me about, about yourself. And the guy was like so like unprepared like he wow. already had the job somehow and he was like i don't know i don't know what to tell you about myself i was like really it's, sir it's just like like one sentence i yeah. how do you not have this prepared just tell me so, anything so i will say that is an important one your brother is right that's a really yeah. important one because i was like immediately like ooh, that's not very impressive well to your credit you you had something ready to go you started hey, telling me about thank yourself. You. <laughs> <laughs> that that should be a test that we both go through to have to tell tell each other about ourselves. That that might be hard because it would be hard to explain about me to Morgan because Morgan <laughs> has been podcasting with me for so long. I'm pretty sure Morgan can tell me about Rebecca myself. Johnson. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Morgan really? can tell me about myself. Uh, we get so like really deep. We're just like both crying. It's not professional anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your childhood trauma. <laughs> so good life skill to learn. Well, I think on that note, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. Hopefully you've learned something a little bit about us and about Supergirl in your time with us in your earbuds. But until next time, I'm still Re Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for joining us for Supergirl Radio Rewind. <laughs>
McGurk! I love not typing. Not my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.